0: Now on to my interview. Hi everyone, and welcome to my Guitar Friends interview. Today, I'm gonna be chatting with my friend, Preston Huber, Welcome, Preston.
1: Hello, thanks for having me.
0: (laughs) Preston is an amazing musician. He's a professional educator, performer, and studio musician. He started playing when he was six years old, starting with guitar, and then he quickly made his way to experiment with other instruments, including drums, bass, keyboards, and singing. He worked his way through high school, playing in bands with his friends. During his junior and senior years, he had an opportunity to perform at Disneyland for two summers with the school's band. He's a graduate of the Orange County School of the Arts in Santa Ana, California, and the Musicians Institute in Hollywood, California. He's been teaching for over three years. He's performed in several venues, including the Segerstrom in Irvine, the House of Blues in Anaheim, the Yost Theater in Santa Ana, and the Viper Room Whiskey-A-Go-Go in Hollywood. And he's recorded in studio including Hurley and Costa Mesa and The Boneyard, the personal home studio of Joe Perry of Aerosmith. So again, welcome, Preston. How are you doing?
1: I'm great, Marlene. How are you?
0: I'm doing great. So you're kind of a one-man band with guitar drums bass and keyboards and singing obviously you're a very talented musician um today what i'd like to do is zone in on your guitar playing chops so you started playing at the ripe old age of six years old that's pretty young um what inspired you to want to play guitar
1: my mother when i was around five she forced my brother and i to play a sport and an instrument she she said we could pick whatever instrument we want whatever sport but she wanted us to be well versed in both athletics and um some form of music or arts so i chose guitar my younger brother chose drums and as far as our sports go i chose t-ball which is the extent (laughs) of my baseball career and my brother chose tennis and what made me really want to pick up the guitar there I had an experience with my dad he would drive me to swimming lessons when I was younger and he had a Def Leppard greatest hits cd nice. in his car okay. and track one is pour some sugar on me and he goes hey you need to listen to this and I'd as soon as I heard the first let me like I was like, what is, this is, I need to do that. This is what I need to do. Um, So that experience with Def Leppard and that song, that's what made me want to pick up a guitar and, and start playing. I just wanted, I wanted to do that so bad.
0: You want to play like that. So it seems like it's clear that songs can influence you with 100%, your guitar percent. A
1: hundred percent.
0: Me too. I agree with that. Well, as you know, with my podcast, I talk about all sorts of things, including practicing. You started pretty young. So I'm kind of curious to know, when you first started out, how did you feel about practicing?
1: Uh, being six, seven, even eight years old. And even still to this day, my attention span is very short. Okay. And um, so when it came to practicing, what I had to do was take an audio recorder to all my lessons, and I would have to record my lessons with my teacher, a lot of the information that he was giving me at the time would go in one year, out the other, so I oh, okay. uh, would record each lesson, and my mom would have to sit down with me, with the recorder, and try to figure out the music verbiage that my guitar teacher was teaching me, so it was very much, at the time, seemed like a chore to practice, like, oh, I have to like sit down and either practice a scale or, you know, how to make a bar chord, or whatever, whatever I had going on at the time. Um, so, at first, it definitely was kind of a bummer for me to do that, but as I got older and the material started to get more difficult, I soon realized, ah, I wish I would have paid more attention or practiced a little bit more here. Uh. So then when I got to this level, it was a little bit easier because as I got older, I learned that everything that you learn builds on one another. Sure. Right. So it's not, you know, just because you you know are struggling to play some sort of bar chord, that doesn't mean it's a one trick pony. There's so many songs that have, have bar chords, right? So you're going to be recycling that same information no matter what you're trying to learn.
0: That's a great way to describe it, because you're right, you will reuse what you learn. Well, when you were younger and first starting out with guitar, uh, did you have things that you felt like were really difficult or challenging? And if you did, how did you overcome those challenges?
1: At first, the one really, really big challenge for me was improvising with soloing. So I started probably the same way a lot of other people did when they start uh, going into the great adventure. That is learning how to solo with a minor pentatonic. Right. And so at first, it you know, getting my seven, eight year old fingers to go up and down the neck playing that scale. It was very much like ones and zeros. Right. So getting your fingers to do essentially like a number routine. It wasn't as I got more comfortable with it. It became more shapes and colors and flavors, if that makes sense. So as opposed to it just being do 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 do, once I started improvising, I could go oh well I like you know bending this vibrato on this on the G string right yeah as opposed to it just being this technique at the time or this idea, it now started to become an actual applicable thing.
0: So you could add more of your flavor to it.
1: Correct. Yeah. Essentially adding more flavor, but at first it was very much like I need the ingredients. Yeah. And yes. getting used to playing those notes in a certain sequence or getting your hands comfortable with that muscle memory was very difficult for me at the time. And usually when stuff gets hard for me, especially back then when I was learning, it was kind of like, eh, well, it's too hard. So maybe I'll just do something else as opposed to sitting down and saying, I really need to do this because if I want to play the Def Leppard solo or the solo, <laughs> the solo to Whole of Love or, yeah. you know, the solo to Dream On or whatever, I need this. This is this is the one technique that I need in order to do that.
0: Right. And of course, that means practice. Of course. (laughs) And I like to say practice makes permanent, permanent muscle memories. And you just mentioned muscle memories. And I think that's just the key to being able to do most anything in your guitar playing.
1: I totally agree.
0: So, you're a performer, and he's an awesome performer. I can tell you that because I've seen him perform, and you're going to get to hear from him in just a little bit. So, I'm super excited about that. When did you first start performing live?
1: When I was six. Uh, I went to a music school called the Orange County Music Academy, and they were a little hesitant to take me because I was so young. Um, But the school is very performance based. So what they'll do, they will take you in and you have your private lessons, but then they will also use other students in the school to form a band. And then they will book a show at, I don't know, the House of Blues in Anaheim or the Yost Theater in Santa Ana. And you'll play with your band from the school, right? Yeah. And so I was in a group with other students that were around my age, and we were called the Small Fries because we were all (laughs) six, seven, eight years old.
0: That's great. And
1: I think the song that we did was Wild Thing. That was like one of the big songs that we learned at the time. So I started when I was about six performing live in front of people.
0: And was it scary or intimidating at all?
1: Sure. Absolutely. That... Fear eventually, for me, turned into motivation and excitement to put on the best show that I possibly could. It went from don't mess up don't mess up don't mess up this anxiety of, of messing up in front of people and looking like a fool on stage and eventually turned into what can I do to make this experience for people as enjoyable as I possibly can whether it's people coming to see you and your band or coming to see you perform and sing or just random people that are just coming in through the bar or wherever it is that you're playing you I sure. I do my best to try to make an impact on those people as much as possible so then they can you know what what's the name of your band what do you, are you guys music music? music on Spotify or YouTube or where you guys playing next so then you can develop traction that way.
0: Right. So, What would you do then to give your best performance to the audience?
1: Um, Lots of movement. I totally believe that people listen with their eyes. There's a lot of great musicians out there that kind of get overlooked because they may not be as exciting to watch. So as a performer, you want to find different ways to stand out. So whether it's you dress differently, I remember being in my high school band, I would steal clothes from my mom's closet because... (laughs) Her clothes were a little bit more uh, vibrant than uh, my wardrobe at the time. So we were also in a, uh, I was in a Disney punk rock band called Princess. Okay. So we would do like really fast versions of like Frozen songs. And so clothing helps turning that information that you see, whether it's you really like the way Led Zeppelin looks or the way Prince looks. I was always a big fan of people that, performed big and bold and had big movements. So
0: okay. So what you're describing, too, is not just the performance capabilities, the musicianship, but also the performance or the showcase of the performance.
1: Correct. Absolutely. So when you're on stage, that is not the time to necessarily practice or to try (laughs) to to go for like this new move that you've never done before. Right. So practice is practice. And then you eventually turn that practice into the stage. And if you do that long enough and often enough, that eventually becomes your comfort zone right so as opposed to live being this unknown territory of what's going to happen I have learned to embrace that embrace Mm -hmm. and expect that everything and anything could go wrong at any point in time in the show whether it's your guitar string breaks or your pedal board gets unplugged or something right all that kind of stuff you need to be prepared for but you can't necessarily prepare for it like you can't practice you know playing something and all of a sudden your guitar string breaks and unplugs and then you have to think really quick of picking up another guitar to finish the song or you know diving down on stage to plug in a pedal or stuff like that
0: right well and that even encompasses like when you have bloopers too when you're performing oh, you just you, the show must go on right well as a performer obviously things have have changed in our current times yes. and you're not able to tour you're not able to do live performances so I'm curious what kind of pivots have you made with your music and performing and live performing
1: As far as live performing goes, my band Moonbrock and I, we have been doing these online Facebook live streams where we will essentially do a small acoustic set and probably for about an hour. And we'll set up everything in my apartment with the lights and we'll do a sound check like we do for this. Yeah. And we'll advertise for it on social media. Say, hey, Friday at, I don't know, six o'clock, we're doing a live stream for an hour. Come hang out with us. And uh, some people come and they'll leave little comments and that's all fan engagement, which is great. Right. Uh, There's that aspect of it where you've also been recording during this Mm. uh, pandemic. If you're watching in the year 2062, we're in the middle of the (laughs) coronavirus (laughs) pandemic and this is probably old news, but um, I have built a, or I'm starting to build a home recording studio and I've used this downtime that we have to learn about the recording process. I have more experience with performing and doing studio stuff as opposed to being behind the board and mixing and stuff like that. So I've been using this time to learn a lot about that. And uh, my band is starting the process of recording in our own studio. Nice. So we've done a lot of songwriting, a lot of recording, we'll do Facebook live streams. And we noticed that a lot of other groups, even at the biggest level are kind of doing the same thing.
0: Yeah, that's what I'm seeing out there. And in fact, I watched your Facebook live that you did maybe I think it was a couple of months ago. Mm -hmm. Awesome! Thank and you know, it was really fun that thank I you. liked. As you could request songs, mm-hmm. you know, and it really was very engaging and right. it, really fun right. for a listener. You know, well, thank audience. You. So uh,
1: we try to keep it very loose like that, and yeah. I feel like the the more people see of you as far as like that the very human side of totally okay with making mistakes and uh flubbing stuff like that like we would get a request for a song that we've never played before or like we haven't heard in 10 years or whatever and it goes oh okay well okay the chords are a d and g and then the bridge is just you just Let's h- give it a B try let's you know <laughs> ready or not here it comes let's just if we mess up then we burn and crash together but yeah. um, it, it
0: does keep you human that way yes that, that's definitely for sure so you're also a song writer what's um what's your songwriting process? I know for me uh, when I write a song, I sometimes it's the tune that's in my head and then I add the words, but sometimes it's the other way, and everybody does things differently. Do you have a process for your songwriting?
1: Mine would kind of be the same way. I have always thought rhythmically, okay. um, which is kind of why I eventually gravitated towards drums and bass because that's sense. the very rhythm the rhythm foundation of a band. So if I come up with uh, a lot of the music I make is very riff and rhythm based. So most of my ideas, I'll start with that if I'm like, oh, I found like this really cool chord progression I like or this really cool Latin inspired rhythm or whatever it is. Okay. And I'll start with that and I have a song that I'll play later that is a a great example of that rhythm kind of thing. And then I will eventually add lyrics on top of it. I see. As far as that goes, like I'll either see, I always look out for billboard signs or street names or listening to certain conversations that people have on TV. Anything can be used as inspiration.
0: Right. Well, you just wrote a song for your lovely fiance and it's called, is it? Pink glasses.
1: Yeah, pink sunglasses. Her favorite color is pink, and she has these pink shades that she wears whenever we go to the beach. So whenever I see those, I think of her.
0: So he just looked at the sunglasses and came up with a song. I love it. Yeah, sunglasses. Awesome. Sunglasses
1: at the beach, and you know, whenever we go to the beach, I, that's I think of the pink sunglasses. And one of the lyrics in the song is, "Her toes get lost in the sand." She's very in love with the beach. <laughs> ever, apparently, ever since she was very young, like she she's always been a water girl and a beach girl so uh, seeing her in that environment and how happy the beach makes her and the water and the sand and being in the sun and just relaxing that's inspiration right there.
0: That was your inspiration for that song. Yeah, you just never know where your inspiration's going to come from. Well, you know my show is called Tips for Guitar Playing Success, and I'm requesting anyone that's a guest on my show to share one tip with the listeners that they could use to help them continue on their guitar playing journey. So, what one tip would you share?
1: My one tip would be practice to a metronome. I can't Enough how important your rhythm playing is, and how much having a good sense of time and rhythm just makes you an overall better musician. And this goes beyond playing guitar. If you're a singer and you're rushing certain lyrics or, or dragging on certain lyrics, or you're a drummer, you're ahead and behind, uh, that stuff does not go unnoticed, especially when you're practicing or playing with people that do practice to a metronome and do have good time. The way I got over practicing to a metronome at first. It was like, why am I playing to... To me, it was just like, <laughs> I'd ra- I I want to play, I want to play, you know, Green Day and Blink-182. You know? Right, right. The, they don't practice a metronome, which is a total lie. But the way I got over that, if you get the Pro Metronome app, which is totally free on the App Store, um, this app allows you to change the tone that the click gives you. And I change uh, mine to a cowbell setting. Nice. And I pretend like I'm playing with the best cowbell player in the world. So <laughs> when I practice with it, and this is totally true, I feel like I'm playing with another human being and not a machine. Machine. right so then i feel like oh i'm just jamming with i don't know carlos santana's cowbell player or whatever oh well okay right? hey, why not and that to <laughs> me helps me get through a certain practice routine if like i notice ah i'm dragging on this section or whenever i go on like to this you know really fast lead bit i'm rushing that practicing to a metronome helps me just obviously stay in time better but it allows me to lay into the pocket of whatever the drummer's playing or the bass player is playing. Right. You want if you're playing with a band you want to gel together as much as possible.
0: Oh, absolutely. But it, even if you're playing solo, you want it to sound right. And you're right, you can hear it when someone's playing and they're either too fast or too slow, especially if it's a cover song where I'm somewhat familiar with the sure. song and then I'm kind of like, "Wait, what are they doing there?" So, practicing with a metronome is a great idea. For those of you who've never heard of a metronome, it's device that makes a continuous beat for you. It can be the old-fashioned TikTok kind, Mm -hmm. or it can be one that you find on an app, on your device. You can look for different metronomes, but it gives you a constant sort of drumming sound. It's like your own personal drummer.
1: Right, exactly. And I teach as well, as well as you, and I get a lot of students that want to go straight from 0 to 60, and it's like, I want to learn Eruption by Van Halen, or I want to learn the Crazy Train guitar solo. And they're able to play it, but then you put a metronome and they are completely lost. lost. So being able to do... Is great, but if it's not in time, to me, it doesn't mean as much. That's right. great and it seems right. like a cool party trick, but in a real world setting where you need to play that in time and as clean as you possibly can, right. that's where it really matters.
0: Well, what's good too about using a metronome is you can slow it down. It doesn't have to be like really, really, really fast. Sure. You know, it can be it can be forty, it can be sixty, where it's slower. So that gives you the opportunity to learn the crazy train. Right. Riff. At a slower tempo, I'm really big about that with my students. Play everything slowly first, and then you can always speed it up. And so even a metronome put that setting at a slower setting to give you that opportunity Correct. to keep it in the right count of the song but at a slower tempo so you can get used right, to it
1: Right, absolutely that's slow and steady definitely wins the race on this one and yeah. if you break something down slow and develop the muscle memory for it I feel like you can internalize what you're trying to do better if not I th- mm-hmm. I noticed with a I lot agree. of my I noticed with a lot of my students that they'll try to play something and their hands aren't able to match what their brain is thinking so whether right. we're working on like a 16th note drumming pattern or we're working on like a, a reggae beat where everything's on the upbeat and I'll notice that they're either going too fast or too slow, or they're not really internalizing that rhythm. We break everything down, whether we need to go on YouTube and whatever song that they're doing, and, you know, you can change the settings and slow it down to 75% speed, 50% speed, whatever they need. That totally helps. Slow it down, internalize what you're trying to do, develop the muscle memory, and then slowly increase the tempo as you go.
0: Yeah, and I feel like too, there's so much of the mechanics of music that you need to pay attention to, the count and the chords or the soloing or whatever it is you're doing. But I also tell a lot of people too, You've got to do all that. That's really important. But then you've got to feel the music. There's a whole right brain component to it. And so if you have those other things in place, then you can add that flavor, that personality, that whatever you want to do to expand it. Um, Before we wrap up, Preston's going to be sharing some of his amazing guitar playing. Um, Hey, Preston, what are you going to be playing for us?
1: I will be playing an original that my band Moonbrock and I wrote together. It's called Desire. And it was very much, it's a riff that I kind of came up with. And again, whenever I write, I typically think rhythmically. And so I came up with like this kind of funky, dissonant rhythm pattern with like this descending melody line that goes along the chorus too. So that's what I'll be playing.
0: Awesome. I can't wait to hear it. Your band name again is?
1: Is Moonbrock. M-O-O-N. B-R-O-C-H
0: and we can find you on?
1: We should be putting out our first EP on Spotify, Apple Music, and YouTube here in the next couple months.
0: And you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram? We're on or Facebook, Instagram,
1: Instagram Twitter, uh, any sort of social media platform that you could think of. We, we have a page.
0: Okay, awesome. So check it out. Preston, thank you for sharing your guitar insights and perspective and experiences. I'm sure you have inspired me. A lot of people. Um, By the way, what guitar are you playing with today?
1: Today I am playing my Martin 00018, which I got in New York the last time I visited.
0: Oh, New York City, the Big Apple. The Big Apple, yeah. What made you choose that guitar?
1: I've wanted one, a Martin, for a long time. And I had heard about this guitar store in Soho called Rudy's. Okay. And the last time Crystal and I were there, we decided to check in. And they had this, they had the Triple O 18. And I was like, oh. Um, you can kind of get it at any guitar center, but it was you're, you're in New York and you're having a good time and you're in the legendary guitar this guitar store and you're like, can't really afford this guitar, but you know what? <laughs> it sounds really pretty in my hands, so I think I'm going to buy it and if the plane doesn't let me take it on, I will fight tooth and nail, so yeah. the guitar will be with me on the plane. <laughs>
0: yes, yes. It's like your child when you're flying. <laughs> yes. I know that experience. Yes. Very nerve-wracking. <laughs> um, yeah, and I'm sure you're going to bring out the beauty of this instrument, so let's uh, sure go ahead and have you take it away.
1: Cool. And thank you for having me on your show. You're I welcome. I had an absolutely wonderful time.
0: <laughs> You're awesome. <laughs>